Welcome back, Rebels, to another episode of Creative Thinking. Yes, Creative Thinking is where we deep dive into your questions to try and solve what it is you're worried about. We have got a question today from Alex Söderling, uh, who has DM'd us on Instagram, which is at Rebels Create. If you're on the gram, you can find us there. And he is saying that his photography is pretty niched and alternative, um, like Harris Newcomb. So he was listening to the bonus episode we put out recently with uh, Harris Newcomb. Yeah. And uh, he says it doesn't appeal to the masses. So how do you locate brands and customers who like the style that you shoot? And although that seems to be a very photography-driven question, I yeah. think it's so relevant to really anyone. Yeah, I think um, he's just got a niche in his business. Yeah, so that's a that's a good start, really. Yeah. To because, I mean, I know when we were, um, I know well, like we both consume a lot of content from Daniel Priestley, and one yeah. of the the things that he says is um, talks about micro niches, and he talks about how Tony Robbins, for example, started off being, "I'm going to help you quit smoking." Yeah. Um, and then he moved on to, I'm going to help you quit smoking and lose weight. And then, and now, and it's just evolved into, so before he was hitting a very small demographic of people that wanted one thing from him. Now he, he can deal with anyone who's worried about whatever needs more confidence or whatever. He's just got so many things. So this photographer is in the right spot in that he has found his niche. Yes, he was already kind of like past part one. So now he's kind of like into stage two of like, now how do I find clients for this niche? And I think like, for start with, I feel like you probably know. Like if you do something that's kind of of a really certain style, you probably already know the kind of community that that surrounds that. Like the people that you're shooting, the people that are following you, what do they like? What are they engaging with? Like maybe find out who's a fan already and look at the brands that they follow because the chances are if they like your work and they like these brands, then those brands might like your work as well. So I think have a look at your audience and start to do some analysis of like who they are and what they like and then start to kind of like find some brands that way. That's true. I think one piece of advice that Toby Shinobi gave when he was on our podcast was that he has found this this intersection of May, perhaps what he likes to do yeah. isn't commercially viable. Mm-hmm. So there's always that chance. Like, look at your niche and be like, "This is the this is the work that I'm creating." But is there a market for it? Yeah. First, first understand if there is a market for yeah, it. Yeah, like look and see if there's anyone who's doing something similar to you, and who, but what kind of brands they're working with. So this guy, if he said his works like Harris Newcombs, look at what brands Harris Newcombs working with and what kind of clients that he has, because there's chances are that. So I know he's done some work for a club. So there might be other clubs in other places that this guy could work for because that's obviously kind of a demographic that would happily use that style. Yeah, he's directed music videos. He's um, and he's done. Yeah, he's done brand partnerships with different with different brands. But he's also built. And again, it's patience, isn't it? Harris has been plugging away for years at building up a client base, like person by person. So how has he done that? He's got himself into the circles where people who have £10,000 to spend on a painting, uh, on a photograph, are where they are. And he's become friends with them and he's offered them value and he's um, networked with them and he's built that circle of people around him. So, I mean, Harris was, in particular, Harris was talking about when he did his new show, he got the work paid for before he made the work. So he would take a sketch, he would go to those patrons and say, and he he knocked on a hundred doors and got like 10 yeses and that's that's fine because the 10 yeses were enough to fund the entire project. So he would take a sketch to them and he would say, this is the photo that I have in mind. Mm-hmm. I need ten thousand pounds from you to in order to make this happen. I think it was ten grand, wasn't it? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's a, anyway, a substantial amount of money. This is what I need from you to make it happen. 
the thing is, he's got those relationships with people. He's got the, he's built himself up to the stage where that's not a ridiculous ask. Mm -hmm. If I go and knock on someone's door and I've got a little sketch that I've drawn and say, will you give me 10,000 pounds? I have, I, it won't work because yeah. I don't have the pedigree behind me to, to, back, it up. to back it up. You're definitely. Yeah. So where, so where are those people? You, you have to find them. And that, I suppose that's, that's the hard thing is finding those people. Yeah. I think that the absolute flip side of that is who do you want to work for? And maybe make a big list of people you'd love to work for, maybe a mag magazines you'd like to be printed in, maybe clients you'd like to do kind of collabs with. Like, who do you think's business would benefit from having your skill? Like, if you think this brand would be so cool if they did stuff in my style, like, put together a little kind of portfolio and go to them and just say, look, because they might, they probably don't even know who you are to start with. So just get, getting in front of them is the main, is the first thing. Just say like, oh, I'd love to kind of come and show you my work or just send them a well-worded email with your portfolio attached to it and say like, look, this is who I am. I'm keen to work with you. I think our visions align and I think we could do some great stuff together. And if they really like what you're offering and they think they can make more money from it, then they will do it. I don't think enough people talk about no and expect no, embrace no. You are going to get no so much. Yeah. I was mentoring a, a student recently and she was talking about how she had she she had this product. It was quite a cool product as well. It was made from recycled materials. It was mm -hmm. like jewellery uh, made from recycled bottles and stuff like that. And it, and it looked good. And she had pitched it to three or four kind of major high street chains. That I think it was like Claire's Accessories, Topshop, those kind of places. And she'd... She was like, she was like, I nearly gave up because I'd had like four or five no's. And then yeah. finally I went to, and then I can't remember what brand it was that actually picked up on it, but she actually got a deal. But she was ready to give up after five no's. Yeah. And I was just like, you're so lucky that you got a yes on your sixth. Yeah. Like expect the yes on your 1000th. Yeah. Don't yes. expect it on your sixth. When we talked to Toby Shinobi, he was talking about how most people will just expect the work to come to them and how it is a game of going out to get it. Like, don't just expect that brands are going to find you and want to work with you because you put out content regularly. Like, so much of it is going to those people, creating those relationships yourself and getting, like, if these brands don't know about you, you need to make them know about you. So whether that's kind of targeting them on LinkedIn, whether that's, kind of actually getting a face-to-face -face meeting or finding people who work in those companies and interacting with them. Like it's such a strategic game to get into those places, like if there's kind of a gatekeeper. So you need to find these different ways in. And I think the main thing is just to get your work in front of them, like no matter what it takes, like whether that's kind of doing ads on LinkedIn, targeting the people working in the companies that you want to work for, whether that's actually getting face-to-face -face meetings like you just need people to see your work that is the most important thing because if they don't know you exist they'll never think about you and also kind of be there to remind people because if you're if you really want to work for a certain agency for example and they're working on a campaign for this brand but you don't fit that and you come to them don't take that no as just being like no that's a no forever because they might then have another project come up which you're perfect for so kind of build these relationships that you're constantly reminding people you're, that you're there, not in an annoying way, but just in like a, oh, here's my latest work, just in case you're interested. Like keep up this kind of consistent kind of drive, I suppose. Of just 100% agree with that. And there's also the the technique of like, uh, I think seven touches, isn't it? And so a touch is where someone sees you and becomes like aware of you and it takes seven times or like seven touches because it's supposed to be like physical touches yeah. that where someone will eventually trust you. And so to put that into context, 
if you're listening to this podcast, think about, I would say the first time that someone comes into contact with you, they're going to be skeptical. Yeah. Because that's just human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it takes, what is it, like seven touches before someone trusts It's like, you? I think it's seven hours, 11 touches in four locations. That's what Daniel Priestley says is the kind of, the factor of what you need to do. Right, that's, yeah. Okay, so... So it takes a, a number of times for you to be in front of someone before they will finally trust you. And yeah. you can get in front of them by using content and you can get in front of them in yeah. various I different think, ways. Think of it like meeting someone for the first time. Like the first time you've ever met someone, say it's at a networking event or it's a friend of a friend, it's kind of like you meet this person and then would you give that, that person £10,000? No, not for the first time of meeting them, even if they seem really nice. But it's going to take a certain amount of time to build up that trust that you're like, actually, I really trust this person. I feel like I could give them that money. Yeah. So I think think of it like a friendship, not just a business relationship. Like you're going to have to meet someone so many times. Someone's not just going to be like, oh, here's all my money, go and produce this, unless they're like absolutely stoked on your work that that sells itself. But yeah, build those relationships enough that when they need to think about you, you're in their head. To put it into context, think about if you're listening to this, I know a lot of you will have resisted listening to this podcast because I do it all the time. People mm -hmm. say, oh, you've got to listen to XYZ podcast. Yeah. And I'm scared of giving my time to it because just in case it's rubbish. Mm -hmm. Even if my friend who I trust has said it's great, I'm still skeptical. And then I'll see, and like, so if you're listening to this, you might have been told by about it by a friend and you're like, oh yeah, maybe, yeah, I'll check it out at some point. And then maybe you will have seen one of our guests repost on your stories and you're like, oh, actually, I really yeah. like that person and and they're involved with it. And it it takes those touches before finally you kind of break down and you go, okay, let me give it a go. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had a DM from um, from someone who said, I finally convinced my girlfriend to listen to your podcast and yeah. she now loves it. Yeah. But it took that, convincing and that's the same in business it's we, we all have that skeptical barrier because a lot of people waste our time yeah and a lot of people come in with a, a crazy product that isn't going to provide us any value and they're all about the because I, I, I think that again it's like if you are trying to meet these people show them what you can do for them so if you're a photographer why is your niche of your unique style how does that benefit me yeah. rather than, so don't talk about yourself, talk about your client and what what needs of theirs you are meeting. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're a specific photographer or you have your certain niche, you have a certain audience. And if you know a brand will benefit from that audience, explain that to them because they're not going to go just because of your work. They're going to go because of the audience that's behind your work as well. So if you can say, well, if say if you do alt, like alt, alternative kind of stuff and you're going to a brand that, you think would benefit from that market. You could say like, look, these are the people who are interested in this. If you use this kind of advertising or these kind of photos, you're going to appeal to this kind of market. And like to someone who is not in the photography scene, they might be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like I would never have thought that before. But you're, so you're actually helping them out by giving them this like great artwork. So before we came in here to record this, I said, I'll oh, give me two seconds because I've got to send this email. The email that I was sending was um, basically re retouching in with someone who we've contacted before, who I've spoken to. I've had a face-to-face -face meeting before and nothing's come from it. So I dropped them an email and I said, um, just to let you know that Adam and I are still available for keynotes. Mm -hmm. um, I said, this year so far, we've spoken for Sony, um, Adobe and Apple. Mm -hmm. So I built kind of a little bit of credibility there of like, oh, look, we've worked for these other brands. Like we're, we're good at what we do. Yeah. Um, but then I focused it completely on them and gave them the reasons why 
it would benefit their events from us, like what we could bring to their events that mm -hmm. will help their audience, that will help their platform grow. And we can share it on our social media, we can advertise it on our podcast, and we can tell people that this event is happening. And so I focused it, I, I first built credibility with us. Mm -hmm. We have already met them, so there is, it's another touch. And, and like, that might be a no, so I'm also sending out other emails to other places because you have to be, you can't put all of your eggs in one yeah, basket. Yeah. And also the way that things happen is so slow. It's so much slower than you'd imagine. Like you have to, you, you plant the seeds and you should always be planting seeds because mm. they will come to bloom at completely different times. Yeah, the amount of jobs that we've got that we set those seeds years and years before and someone finally comes back and they're like, oh, well, I met you at this event six years ago. I didn't actually do anything with you then, but I want something now. Yeah. And it's just like, it's crazy when that happens. So yeah, keep planting the seeds and things will eventually come. 100%.